I had a friend the other day who, from based on my suggestion, he and his wife watched RoboCop. Great. Which is RoboCop. It's it's fucking RoboCop. And I don't mean that bullshit RoboCop that was like a couple of years ago with Gary Oldman. I mean proper goddamn RoboCop. But his wife hated it <laughs> and was coming at me about it. <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, it's RoboCop. It's RoboCop, goddammit. It's RoboCop. Yeah. That's pretty much my whole argument. RoboCop's but, is close to a perfect you know, movie. I'm really starting to wonder if our assessment of do things hold up is not correct. <laughs> so maybe the premise of the show is problematic. I don't know. Welcome back to another episode of does it hold up? Did you have to think about the title just then? I did have to think about the title for a second. I'm like, oh wait, what is this thing called again? That's right. Um, yeah, maybe, we're, uh, maybe we're, we're still here. Maybe it's the Daily Screening Presents. Does it hold up? The Daily Screening Presents. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that. I don't know. We, I, we could we could try varying it up. I, I was already thinking about like other sort of versions of this podcast already. We're two episodes in, and I'm already trying to ditch the format, basically. That sounds right. Um, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. I am uh, still daily. Uh, back again is uh, Mr. Bart. Hello, Bart. Hello. And uh, we also have uh, another uh, special guest joining us. We're again two weeks in. We're already dipping into the well of special guests. Um, uh, Jared Waterworth, joining us from Connecticut. Hello, Jared. Am I the first guest of the podcast overall? Because I'm going to be brutally honest. You made the right call. Yeah, yeah, you made the right call. You didn't fuck around with anyone else. You, you, you came, you came to me, and I appreciate it. And I thank you guys, and I thank you for Go coming right to the back. Source. Because uh, I missed the show, I missed the pod. So I this know, is great. Hey. Well, we miss you, man. Yeah, Jared, you're in Connecticut. Uh, what is uh, quarantine life like in Connecticut? Right oh, now? just great. Oh, just great. You know, having fun, <laughs> having a fucking blast, man. Have you fixed every single thing that's wrong with your house? No, no, um, no. Have you fixed a, anything you know, that's wrong with your house? A couple things here and there, a couple yeah. things. And then it was like, ah, this isn't fun. No, just to, <laughs> you know, to be serious for a second, like it was, it was fine. The first couple weeks were, um, pretty, pretty okay. Um, just because my wife was out of work, not working, but thankfully, you know, still getting paid. She was kind of just homeschooling, uh, our child, but now she's back to working. So it's like, okay, well we have two parents working and we're supposed to also be, you know, schooling and it's just an absolute yeah, nightmare. That's absolute brutal. nightmare. So I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the, like, I don't, I don't know. What is the like lockdown situation in Connecticut? Where, where, where are you guys at? Are you able to leave right the now, house? Well, they tell you, no, they basically, uh, only for groceries, you know, one, one person yeah. in the family going for groceries and, um, I don't know. I mean, at this point, who cares? Like, it's all done. We're all done. It's over. This this human ex- the human experiment was great. It lasted a while. Got a few good music uh, uh, bands out of it. Got a couple good movies out of it. We're fucked. We're done. So do whatever. I, I, I don't know. What's next? Did butterflies? <laughs> Maybe they get their shot. So, yeah, just great times. Great times. What are, what are you, like, watching to get through quarantine, what are you binging? What are you? Uh, yeah, what, are you, what um, are you deep into right now? Great question. Great question. Um, a lot of adult on demand programming. Oh, oh, really? Um, uh, you know, you got family show. show time after dark. Just keep it. You know, just you got to keep it. Keep things fresh. Um, something to look forward to. No, we've been uh, getting current. We we had sort of we weren't going week to week uh, this season of Shit's Creek. Um, Hmm. because we had kind of binged the first four or five seasons, whatever it was. And so we just didn't want to go week to week. So we've kind of been doing that slow and we're going to catch up uh, tonight uh, for the, the big finale uh, coming up. And you know, a show that I totally slept on uh, when it was out and I was on Hulu and I just saw it. I'm like, you know what? I want to, I heard this is pretty funny. I want to give it a shot. Is Angie Tribeca? Oh yeah, I remember that show. I watched the first couple. I watched the first couple episodes of that, and it was very clever. It was very funny. 
it's base. It's kind of like a new version of uh, from the files of Police Squad, or better known as the yeah. Naked Gun. But it's it's the same. You know, the, basically the same like creators and producers too. I think it's the Zucker's are involved in. Um, mm-hmm. Man, like it's 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 a tight twenty minutes. Obviously, it was like a, a half hour TBS show that they just sort of. I think yeah. they even dumped it all at once too when it first came out. They were just like, "Hey, we're yeah, going to show all right, the yeah. episodes like in a single day," and they just ran them all straight. On yeah, a I remember Saturday. that we're doing that. They were really experimenting with the format at the time, where it was like, "Yeah, we're going to do like dump them all at once," and it was like they were sort of trying to figure out how to deal with binge TV on cable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I've been so watching that really funny, and um, I guess the only other show that I've kind of been keeping up with is uh, Devs on uh, Hulu on FX or FX on Hulu or whatever. Yeah, I haven't. I got that's high on my list to start getting into. Uh, our friend Cohan is really into Devs right now. Yeah, He's if you like, if you like Alex it, Garland, definitely it's it's him. Which like I do. it's it's him all over <laughs> it. So and it gets really trippy. Um, I've heard that the last episode sort of dives a bit, um, but I haven't seen it yet. But so far, I've I've been I've been happy with it. It's good. So yeah, that's nice. sort of nice. The Jared list, fabulous, fabulous. Uh, Bart, I know you said you uh, you caught up on Picard since the last time we recorded. Yes, I have finished it. I really enjoyed it. They could have they could have fucked that up so many different ways, and the fact that it's as good as it is is a goddamn miracle, and I'm here for it. I'll be honest, yeah. I've got a bone to pick with you guys listening to the last episode. Oh, tell me. Generations. Come on. Yes. Give some love to Generations. <laughs> Shatner on horseback. Cameron as the captain. Captain Cameron Fry? Yeah, you can't, you can't argue with Captain Cameron Fry, who behaves exactly like Cameron Fry would if he was the captain of a starship. I, I will give Generations one very specific and high piece of praise. Because of that movie, I decided to try putting dill on scrambled eggs. <laughs> and you know what? That shit's real good. Wow. I've been watching this show, Modern Romance, on Amazon Prime. It's delightful. It, I actually think it is, like, exactly the show, the kind of show that, like, suits the moment right now. Um, it's like an anthology series, so it's, I don't know, it's eight episodes or something like that, but they're all standalone stories. They're all based on, like, essays, uh, from the New York Times. They're all very sweet, and, uh, the cast is, like, fucking A number one outstanding. The episode I watched last night had Tina Fey and John Slattery. Uh, it's a really good one with, um, Dev Patel and Catherine Keener and Andy Garcia. It's really lovely. Um, and I was like, yeah, we need more of this right now. This is actually like exactly like I get home. I go, we, well, I get home. I am home. We all are home. Home is life. Um, but it's like we finish dinner and we sit down and we're like, yeah, I can watch like an episode or two of that. That's exactly what the kind of mood I want to be in right now. Yeah. I'll have to give that a watch again. It's been on my, on my list for, for too long. Daily, how would you feel about watching D2 colon the mighty ducks? Uh, with, uh, Keenan Thompson and the knuckle puck. And the yes, and the guy who fucking grew up to be Foggy on Daredevil. Yes, that guy too, Eldon Henson. Why do you know his name? (laughs) You know Goldberg is like a huge like meth addict. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. He went off the deep end. Yeah, really took a turn. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. What I remember about the Mighty Ducks is like the first one's like a Stone Cold classic, and the second one is like right on the verge of jumping the shark, and. Maybe, maybe yeah. over the line. Um, oh, really? Wait, you wait. Jumping the shark? What do you mean? A, a team like leaving the ice for an intermission and then getting a brand new uh, a jersey and uniform and then making it back out in time doesn't. <laughs> you think that jumps the shark? You think that's yeah, maybe. To jumping I the shark? I feel like I, I feel like, and I realize as I as I keep suggesting things to watch for this podcast, a lot of them are the second one. It's the sequel, and I and I feel like this is in my head becoming the daily screening presents. Does it hold up? Presents sequelitis. <laughs> sequel. <laughs> when you think of the number of sequels, then list the number of good sequels. Yeah, it's your percentage. You're in single digit percentages. Yeah, yeah. And actually, sure. even when you think about something so, like um, Fast and Furious. You know, where there's like literally 10 of them and most of them are really good. Hmm. The second one is terrible. 
it's great in no, its own way, full but stop. it's it's no, but it's, it's terrible. But it's <laughs> terrible. The same is true with uh, Mission Impossible. What is good about that movie? Mission Impossible is also the same way. It's oh, like man, like yeah. there's like six of those, and most yeah. of them are excellent. And the second one is like a train wreck. So maybe it's that. Maybe more franchises just need to like push past bad sequ- second movies, and so they can get to the really good fourth movie. I don't want to. I don't want to start a tangent, but really quickly, just a quick quick yes or no. Because I was having this discussion with other people um, earlier this week. Neither of them hold up to the first one, obviously. But what, which, which do you think is better, Back to the Future two or three? That's really tough. Oh, that's hard. Um, I have a fondness for the third one. It was one of the first movies I saw in a theater twice. Like the second one's got the future mm. shit. Like I can't not love the second one because it's got flying cars. So. Like, and it's certainly become like the more memeable of the movies, but I think the third one might be a better movie, you know, like it's probably a better story and, uh, uh, it doesn't have uh, fake Crispin Glover in it. So, oh no, that's, that's not true. Third one does have fake Crispin oh, Glover that's, for a very oh, that's short true. second. It does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For like a half second. Yeah. I haven't watched the second or the third one recently. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit scared to watch the second one right now hmm. and it's be- i'm gonna be perfectly frank it's it's because i'm pretty sure biff is our fucking president right now and i, just, <laughs> I don't want to see that yeah we are like, currently living in the darkest timeline from back to the future yeah too. I, yeah yeah and, and i i just like i feel like that might hit a little close to home and i don't know that i'm mentally psychologically strong enough right now <laughs> to watch back to the future too so i i don't know i don't fair. know fair how did you come down jared i thought two was better than three um, I understand that the point of two and three are like, re, you know, the sort of plot line of one kind of recycles itself yeah. and you kind of seeing, you know, history repeating, blah, 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 blah. But by the third one, that sort of trope kind of felt stale to me. Mm. I don't know. It just wasn't, it was fun, but it's not, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means, but I just didn't think it was as fun as the second one for me. But I know other oh, people. Come on, Mister Eastwood. <laughs> what are them knee? What are them knee caves you got there? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, what, I don't know what's better, uh, uh, female Michael J. Fox or uh, Irish Michael J. Fox. Uh. <laughs> so Ninja Turtles, Daily, you picked the movie this week. I did. I picked the movie this week. We Why? are going to talk. Why did you pick it? We are going to talk about uh, the nineteen ninety. Uh, first live-action adaptation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so there's a couple of reasons why I picked this. Uh, the first is uh, we are actually almost exactly to the day, uh, 30 years out from when it was released. It was released on the 30th of March in 1990, so we're exactly, almost exactly 30 years out now. This is a movie that... It was like one of the first things that sprung to my head when I was like sort of thought about this concept of sort of does it hold up like re-examining stuff from our youth or from you know from the past that we haven't revisited in a while uh, because this is a movie that I watched I like it's a miracle that I didn't wear out the VHS tape as a child um, like we we had it on tape and I probably what this was one of those things where I would watch it and then it would end and I would have rewind it and watch it again like immediately um, I watched it so many times that there are still even now watching it there are still like large segments where I know the movie so it's like ingrained into my mind I can like deliver all the lines along with the movie and like match the like the rhythm and the cadence of each line delivery and like I know where the music cues are and like when the song stops in the middle of the scene it's like it is just it is mapped onto my brain in a way that like in a way that very few other movies are do you know all the words to the rap at the end of the movie and if not why not no I have to say I definitely do not uh I should I certainly should there's no excuse why <laughs> I should <to> you um <laughs> this movie for me was like the first real blockbuster that I could remember. Hmm. 1990, I'm only six years old. The first night that we went to go, we went to the Hoyt Cinema in Waterbury, Connecticut. My mom drove me and my brothers to go see it. We show up, place is fucking mobbed. There's a line around the entire building. Yeah. Every showing is sold out. 
like we can't go like, you know because this is before obviously like you know buying tickets online and, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff yeah. you you just didn't know you, you just didn't realize it yeah. with the what the phenomenon was going to be so um i remember sitting in that car and my mom being like well like sorry guys like, you can't go tonight i don't even remember when I actually did get to see it. You just remember not the going the first thing, time. <laughs> but then I remember it was the first time I ever saw a VHS tape for sale. Hmm. So before hmm. you would go and buy tapes, obviously for like $15, $20 at like Target or whatever, back then, Kmart, Caldor. Um, Caldor. You just had to rent them. You just had to rent them. Yeah. But I'll never <laughs> forget. My, yeah, I'll never forget the video store in Southington, Connecticut, and it was called Another Video, and it had this little display on the on the uh, on the register uh, counter, and it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And back then, if you wanted to buy a VHS copy, it was like a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, and oh, I was there with my I was there with my mom trying to rent it, and my friend and my friend's mom who lived down the street, and. She bought him. She bought him the movie, and I said to my mom, "Like, well, what, what are you gonna do for me? <laughs> like, are you gonna buy me the movie?" And no, she didn't buy me the movie because I guess we were poor. I don't know. Because she hates you. Are we talking a hundred bucks in nineteen ninety dollars? Yes. Yes. Twenty twenty. Yes. In fact, no, that's no, like a thousand dollars. It was back then. You yeah, didn't. VHS you just didn't expensive. buy VHS copies, and that's why. That's why. Uh, a video piracy was so bad back in the day because people would just rent the, the, the you know, the video from the uh, video store and then they would make copies and start selling those because you couldn't buy it. Yeah. Unless you bought it, you know, for a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. Yeah, it was cheaper to um, buy a second VHS deck and then start copying tapes from your local video store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, crazy. you know, this movie kind of had that effect for me as a kid. I remember, you know, geez, I mean, we even made like a home, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, like home video of like me and my brothers and our neighborhood friends. Like, you know, we all acting, played different turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Acting it out. It was it was great. And like, obviously, everybody's just dressed in like their own shit. But me, I'm like, you know, six years old with a Raphael costume, and I got to get in my fucking Raphael costume to play Raphael. Yeah. Um, you would be Raphael. A jackass. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah, like, I I would I would lump this in as, like, one of those movies as a kid, like a young kid. It, when it was, you know, when I got a little bit older, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch Terminator 2 on repeat, like, <laughs> fucking every day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I, was, when I was a kid, this movie was definitely up there. Okay, so of the three of us, I am easily the one who has the least emotional connection to this movie. Right? Yeah, probably, yeah. Like, yeah I, I didn't grow so. up with this I movie. So. I remember sure. the trailer. Kind of looked like a giant turtle in a trench coat. Like, I remember that. Yeah. I remember the trailer on the TV, but I don't, like I didn't see the movie until who knows when. Well, look, I'll get this out of the way. Um, I, I, I think this movie is pretty fucking good, actually. Um like in terms of what it could be uh i think like i w what kept striking me while i was watching is that this is like a real fucking movie like like they actually put some time and some effort into this thing so they're so it's guys in like rubber suits but then they've got these animatronic heads on where there are like little servo motors and stuff in the head to animate the eyes and the mouth so they could like be really uh, expressive Fucking, yeah. It's the fucking Jim Henson creature shop that made the heads. That stuff looks great. Yeah, the problem right. is, is that you can see where the heads detach from the bodies. <laughs> like every time somebody looks up, I'm like, his head is off. Have you ever looked at a turtle? It's pretty fucked up. I mean, I see Mitch McConnell like every fucking day. <laughs> and he's it's definitely one of my access points to this movie is every time I see a video of Mitch McConnell, I just see his head going into his body and like, Whoop. and then he goes, I love being a turtle. <laughs> and I can't get it out of my brain because I live in Washington. I hate that man so fucking much. My base review here is you've got to look at this movie like two different ways. Yeah. You've got to look at it A as does this movie hold up technically? And B, does this movie hold up, you know, as just a, a film overall? Yeah. No, I, I think technically, I think you're right. I think it does hold up. Their heads look great. 
And like, you know, the sculpts the, are pretty good. They look pretty good. They don't look real, but the, they look pretty good. Yeah, it's the best. I think it's visually the best interpretation of the IP in film. Yeah. The only thing I think that comes close is the TMNT, like all all animated movie yeah. that they did. And I want to say it's like 2008. Yeah, I saw that. I think I saw that in the theater, actually. It was pretty good. That's It's a really, really, really strong Turtles movie. And um, their look is, is great in that. Yeah. But I think just, you know, the original Turtles, this is they don't look any better on film at any point. Yeah. Um, and I will say I that I fair. watched, after I watched this, just because I'm that type of a person, uh, I also watched uh, in, in Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Uh, Secret of the Ooze with the Super Shredder. With the Super Shredder. Um, oh, and yeah. I, and Vanilla Ice. Razor, I even watched a little bit of the third one last night, um, although I couldn't get through it because it's really bad. Mistake. It's really, really bad. That's a mistake. And you, like part of what's really bad. bad about the yeah. third one is that, um, and it's like you can, and again, like this is why I was like, oh yeah, no, this the it makes the first one look like it's fucking Scorsese actually, um, but it's like the third one you could tell they're doing it a little more on the cheap. Um, although the second one is actually the one that's like really done. Like, they rushed this. The second one came out less than a year after the first one. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that blows really? my mind. It was less than a year between the first one and the second one. So I have the that second one on DVD. Yeah. That one I've had for a long time. I didn't have this first one, so I had to watch it on Netflix. I've never seen the third one. The third one's and real this bad. this is a movie that I am prepared. I'm prepared never to see it. Yeah, you should never not. In my um, life. I watched about a, maybe a half yeah. hour yeah, it's, of it it's last horrible. night. Like they, it doesn't. They get they ditched the the Henson creature shop, so the the suits and the faces aren't nearly as good or articulate, and um, it's lit mm. really poorly. Like it's all lit way too bright, so everything oh it, it just no. it looks like it's like They're a ninjas. tv show like it, it looks like it's like a bad it, 90s sitcom looks like it, it's lit like it's family matters the, you know the third one was definitely a hey we've got an arcade game called turtles in time mm-hmm. and let's let's send them let's back in try time. to capitalize on that yeah yeah okay well that's and they didn't have a, it was like well, what what can we do with them back in time oh who gives a shit like the, <laughs> they play the game and that's fine like yeah. they'll they'll watch a movie yeah um, but the first one is like, and again, I think the strengths of the first one like really stood out when I, when I watched the second one, um, because in the second one, there's like almost no character development. They barely even do any fighting at all in the second one because, and I don't really remember this, but apparently the first one was heavily criticized at the time for being too violent. Even um, uh, April O'Neil was not asked back yeah. uh, Judith Hogue. Judith Hogue. She wasn't asked back for the second one because apparently like during the filming like all she did was complain about the violence. Yeah. They were trying to get this movie made like 2 years before the cartoon even came out. Mm-hmm. Like this took a long time to get made this movie and they were they strictly wanted to make it based on the the comic which if you know the comic, it's pretty violent. Yeah. So I'm not shocked that the end product of the first film is violent. Um, but I, you know, watching it, like the, you thought this was too violent in 1990. Like, yeah. there's not a whole lot of violence. I mean, you got a couple people that get like decked or slapped. But yeah, other when than you think uh, about the fight scenes, other than Casey Jones straight up murdering the, fight- the shredder at the end. Um, yeah, it's all oh, pretty. Yeah, tame. yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, that's murder. Yeah, well, yeah that was murder. Pretty, Straight murder. So weirdly, I think he might be the most violent thing in the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, and man, Elias it, Cotillas it is a goddamn like gift very... in this movie. Like, holy shit, he is great. He stands out. He is premeditated as fuck. He's like, I mean, like he pauses, tees up. That's his whole thing. Is he like, I'm gonna wait and think about it, and then I'm gonna fucking murder you? He's really messed up. Yeah. He's got actual issues. As an overall movie, I gotta say the the jury's still out for me. Yeah, like I would subdivide even further. So I think technical is one, and then as an overall movie, I think you need to talk about as a kids movie and as a we were kids when it came out. Now we're adults movie. Yeah, that's a very good point because I think kids would probably watch this now. If kids today knew Ninja Turtles, like if they had, you know, are still watching some of the new Ninja Turtles series, I think they're still pretty they popular. probably would like it. I think there are still animated I think series on probably, the air, and I think kids are still on Oh, yeah, Ninja and they, they're, they get a lot of viewers. So I think those kids would probably like it. If you take yeah. a kid today and you're like, hey, 
I want to introduce you to this, you know, these characters. They're cool. Like, they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't think those kids would like this movie. I mm. think those kids would be like, what the fuck am I watching right yeah. now? Like, this yeah. is really weird and, and kind of shitty. And, you know, I would just be there getting excited about Sam Rockwell on screen. <laughs> yes. Oh, my um, God. Well, How have we not talked about I, Sam Rockwell in the greasiest T-shirt in the history of greasy T-shirts? I, I assume we were saving Sam Rockwell. I want to talk for a minute about yelling adjectives. Bodacious. Like, <laughs> that, that shit... That shit does not hold up. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That hasn't that has not aged well. There's one part at the end when they're yelling out the adjectives. Donatello does this weird thing on his head or something, and then they everyone just kind of stops for a moment, and then they start yelling out more words. I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck's happening? Like, I don't <laughs> under I'm legit confused about what that. Oh meant yeah, yeah. That it's he like he did. he. It's like he he starts to say something and then he like eh, no no I don't know and then and yeah they all wait yeah, for him and then he doesn't do anything. Right. Really fucking weird. He spends the rest of that one like not being able to come it, up with an adjective. He's like uh, mega mega. Uh. I just think script wise, you know, the jokes are are pretty hokey. You know, obviously the dialogue is the dialogue isn't great. Yeah, but like. To your point, Bart, like, do kids care about that? No, the kids don't care about no, that. So, definitely but not. There are bits in this movie that I remember as a kid. Like, when, when they go to April's apartment and Michelangelo's doing impressions of uh, Rocky Balboa and James Cagney. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what kid is that bit for? I don't understand. But, like, as a kid, yeah. I remember thinking that was funny because he's doing funny voices and, like, that's all that matters. Um I agree. I think a lot of the like gags and the comedy and stuff like yeah, that stuff doesn't doesn't has, doesn't hasn't really aged well. Um, and yeah, it's no. a, it's definitely appealing to a child in 1990 in a way. Uh, there's also a few moments in there that have really haven't aged well. Like they are problematic, as the kids would say today. Um, like when the Foot Clan tries to attack her in the subway, and she says, "What am I behind in my Sony payments?" Like, oh, it's a little yeah. bit a wee bit racist there. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Or uh, uh, when they're in the farmhouse yeah. and. And uh, uh, she's April's got like a, a like a sore neck, and she's like trying to like put ointment on her neck. And Casey Jones like just like grabs her shoulders, and, like shoves her down into a chair, and you're like, ah, that is some unwanted touching, I mean, sir. So like that was not just shoulder rubbing. Yeah. Like I, I was watching it, and I was like, you're getting a little close there, dude. Well, like mm, that, like that's assault, brother. <laughs> There are, two, there are two things that I grabbed my phone to text my brother about while watching this movie that I it just I, I was beside myself. The first was moments after getting a lecture about invisibility. Raphael just decides, hey, I'm going to put on a trench coat and just go walk out and <laughs> Fucking trench coat. Just broad daylight. Do you, okay, you know what that made me think of? Do you remember on the cartoon where they had their, like, creepy white guy masks that they would put on with their trench coats? Yes. Do you, not, am I, do you remember this? I remember this. And I was like, I remember this. can you imagine how that would play out if the Jim Henson shop had to do an animatronic turtle mask on top of a guy? And then a creepy white guy mask on top of the animatronic turtle mask on top of the guy? <laughs> and I kind of wish just... that they had tried. You know, I'm, it's it's like okay, I can understand if it's daylight and you've got your your uh, trench coat on and you're being, you know, you're hiding maybe or or looking around corners. No, I'm just gonna walk through this fucking crosswalk. There's like ten people here. No one. <laughs> d- come on, it's ridiculous. Obviously, someone's gonna look up and go, "Oh, that's a, a walking turtle." Yeah, and then the fact yeah, that Casey I, I really, I really appreciated when in the first fight between Raphael and Casey Jones, how long yeah. it took Casey Jones to realize that he wasn't a guy. Yeah, he was a right. punker. Yeah. I also, also, I also really appreciate that they on their trench coats they're carrying a backpack on account of the shell. Like, that's a nice touch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. the The other moment uh, that made me uh, blow up with a fiery rage had to do with probably the worst character in the movie. Is it Danny the son? What do you got for him, Johnny? That's right. Danny, that little son of a bitch. Who who exclusively wears Sid Vicious t-shirts? Terrible thief. Okay? <laughs> Terrible thief. 
the only member of the Foot Clan or prospective member of the Foot Clan that you see get arrested the entire movie. So here's 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 the moment that made me go nuts. And I'm going to actually add some lines that probably should have been in the script to make <laughs> this just more uh, uh, developed. And, you know, really, oh, really no. give really, really talk about the internal dialogue that was probably going on with the character. I'm just going to expose that internal dialogue. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, it goes a little bit something like this. Oh, uh, hey, April, uh, did you draw this? Oh, yeah. Wow, it's really nice. Can I keep it? Oh, sure, you can keep it. Oh, hey, I probably got, like, a really nice frame for it over here. No, I'm just going to fucking fold it up, like, four times and shove it in my fucking back pocket. It's a work of art, kid. What are you doing? What are you doing? I agree. I also thought that was real mean and stupid and and, and awkward. Nice, nice work of art. Oh, yeah, this drawing is great. And I'm just going to destroy it. Yeah. Right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. No class. No morals. I want want to talk about the, the, the version of the foot clan in this movie because i find it actually pretty hilarious um because it's like first of all i'm i think i prefer the cartoon version where they're all robots um i I, that's i mean that's just inherently more fun to me um but it struck me as um like it right at the right at the very beginning of the movie when uh April's doing the, her like news broadcast where it's just like the exposition dump via via news broadcast, and then even later where she's like getting interviewed on TV. Like I was constantly going, "This is terrible journalism. Like this is what a like a seven year old's <laughs> impression of what journalism is like." You know? <laughs> yes. Um, and that's. I mean, the conspiracy theories that came out of her mouth. This, this movie accu- like just accurately predicted what Fox News is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It's also sort of how I feel like the Foot Clan is portrayed as well. It feels like this is like a like a ten year old's impression of what a gang is like. You know, it's just like a bunch of like kids with mohawks over in one corner, but then there's like hip hop kids in another corner, and there's like rap and death metal music happening at the same time, and they can like smoke cigars and play cards and play video games, and I and they get a cool Walkman to take home. Um and like like that clubhouse is fucking bonkers to me. You know? Like it is it is like the a, a nine year old id run wild. I do like the idea though that they took not making them robots the, the fact that it's like okay well you're you know this was probably a time in new york city where a lot of this type of shit was going on you know what i mean like hmm. kids probably didn't have a lot going on or the, you know there was just new york city was a mess it's apparently based on a true 90s. story of like some guy who was like basically recruiting kids to like steal shit for him and like you know as like yeah, a father yeah so that that point of view and and you know, that whole like plot line, I actually believed. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Hmm. I mean, who wouldn't want to hang out in that spot? Yeah, no, exactly. All that looked the like first, the coolest you, place in the world get, when I was nine. It's so weird because you get introduced to it. Like the first time that you see the, the, the inside of the clubhouse, you're getting all these shots of everything that's going on around it. And for some reason they show you like, four of this almost the same identical close-up shots of the skateboarding ramp and i'm like didn't i just see that (laughs) it's like watching top gun yes yes totally it's one of those it's one of those movies where it's like i can say it was good on sentimental value but i can say it's bad just based on what it was but again like it was an 18 million dollar movie by a at the time, probably like the low, you know, I guess New, New Line was Line nobody. Yeah. So this is a movie that they literally pitched around to every studio and every studio turned them down. Every studio. They said there was like a week, yeah, they were like 10 days nuts. out from filming and they still didn't have a distributor. They still didn't have like a budget, basically. Which is nuts to me because at the time, the cartoon was already out when they started filming this. Yeah. I think in like 89. Well, yeah, I was going to say, so they so, started yeah. filming right before Batman came out. So, uh, 
like so and which really kind of set the tone for them i think but there was like the stuff that had come out before them they were you know it was like howard the duck and masters of the universe and all those things fucking bombed oh so like that's what they were looking at yeah. going into that being like no i'm not gonna we're not gonna sink money into this thing did you see howard the duck it was fucking terrible we're not gonna do that you know but 18 million dollars in 1990 money is you know that's a it's, pretty that's a sizable uh, movie the worldwide gross for this movie is 200 million dollars it is it, it oh, was the, at the time the highest grossing independent film ever made which is bananas one of my favorite little trivia tidbits and who knows if this is true but i'm going to believe it's true was that um cory feldman who voiced donatello mm-hmm. was paid 1500 dollars yeah and he was like, yeah, I took it because I just thought it was going to be like a small little independent movie. I didn't think it was. Yeah. Like the, they led me to believe that it was just like a small little film. It wasn't going to be anything big. It's like Donald Sutherland in Animal House. Yeah. 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 No, I read the same thing. And I actually because I read a little more and they were saying that um, he showed up. They had like the premiere and he had just gotten like caught like doing coke in his convertible or something like that. So he's like literally on the red carpet at this movie premiere and there's like a bunch of kids there and he's got like reporters swarming him, asking him about cocaine. Um, and then he goes into <laughs> rehab and then they didn't ask him back for the second one because of all the like sort of bad press he had going on at the time. But they did ask him back for the third one and he was like, okay, cool. Can I get paid more than $1,500? And they were like, well, you were just in rehab, man. So no. And he... Did the third one again for fifteen hundred bucks? <laughs> Unbelievable. But that actually is leads me to another thing I wanted to mention, which is that like the thing that works for me in this movie that I think like really sort of makes it makes it hold up. There are two things. First of all, um, I think on the again using your split, Jared, like on the technical side, like all the the Jim Henson work is really amazing. I think um, like it's really fucking impressive, and you know. I, they also, I think the the way it's sort of shot and lit, there are some moments that really genuinely, like as a film, like from a filmmaker perspective, genuinely impressed me uh, on this particular rewatch. It is lit really sort of dark and moodily. The the director uh, na- like name dropped Batman, Burton's Batman, um, as like sort of that was sort of the style he had been aiming for, as opposed to something that was really sort of bright and cartoonish. Um, like this was one of sort of one of the first like grim and gritty, like comic book adaptations, you know? And there's like, like there's that, there's a moment where like the, after the fight in the antique shop and they're like driving away and you can see the building, like the flames from the building, like reflecting off of the windshield as she's looking out the back of the car, which is just like, that's like, it's those kinds of touches that you just don't expect to see in a movie like this, in an adaptation of a kid's cartoon, basically. Um, I mean, really, it's an adaptation of these, like, black and white lethal comic books, but, um, like, they, <laughs> there's some, like, real serious <laughs> effort put in here. And there's, like, there's a moment there, right before that scene, actually, that I really thought was, like, really lovely, which is, like, when she's first taking them down into the antique shop, and the camera's in the shop, and it's, like... The, it's tracking, they're sort of walking down the stairs from her apartment, so you're just sort of seeing their silhouettes in the windows, and she's talking to them like, yeah, I have this antique shop, I really just keep it open for my dad, because um, he loved all this old junk, uh, but I guess it's dumb to lose money on a business just because you miss your father, and one of them just says, no, no it isn't, and you're just like, you're, again, you're just seeing them in silhouette on the other side of the door, and it's this, this like really like lovely little character moment. And I think the movie's actually kind of full of those. I think the character arcs uh, and the character work really kind of shines through, even with the goofy comedy shit. But Raphael is really the thing that grounds me in that movie, I think. Like, I think Raphael's character arc and his relationship with the brothers is like, it's he, he's like a real character. He is like a real honest-to-God character that they like give him sort of time and space. And I realized part of the way through this one, I think, why that is. And it's because uh, the guy who does Raphael, um, first of all, he's the only person who provides the voice and is the guy in the suit. Every other turtle, is it's two different people. The guy in the suit is uh, this actor, Josh Pace. 
who's like a real actor like he he's like a character actor who still works he's been in like a million things if you saw his face he's actually he's got a the cameo in the early part of the movie when when Raphael rolls over the hood of the the taxi Josh Pace is the guy in the back of the taxi and it's at like that quintessential like New York gag where the t- the guy the guys in the back of the taxi goes what was that and the driver goes I look like a big turtle in a trench coat you're going to LaGuardia right which yeah. is like such a uh, it's just it's, it's just great I don't know man uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like I don't want to interrupt you I don't let you finish but like really like I, I was so I didn't sit down and watch the whole movie in one go I watched part of it and then I did the dishes and I watched some of it and then I like finished it this morning I, I don't know what I feel like the quintessential thing for a kid's movie, especially at this point, was, yes, you need your gags and your stupid nonsense and sell some toys. Fine. But I feel like you need to have an Aesop fable thing happening, right? What is the lesson for the kiddies to learn from the movie? What is the arc of the people, right? The main characters. What did the Ninja Turtles learn during this movie? Hmm. And how did they get there? Explain me, please. Family is good? I don't, I don't know. I don't no, know. that's Fast and the Furious. Try again. <laughs> I don't know. This is my whole point. Like, there's the, the arc makes no fucking sense, right? Splinter teaches them how to be ninjas. Splinter gets kidnapped, okay? They get their asses kicked, fine. They go to this farmhouse. They practice a little bit. Um, they have the weird... They have a weird psychic thing moment? With the blue fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blue fire thing... I know that that was supposed to be the moment where they learned the big lesson, but I can, I'll be damned if I know what the big lesson was. And then they say, it's time to go back, having learned nothing, and now they're able to, suddenly they can beat the absolute shit effortlessly out of the Foot Clan. I, I don't, I don't, I, I got no, I have no idea. I don't know what the hell happened in this movie. I feel like there's a family, there's, a, there's like a message about family in there that it's, it's a little muddled because you see it reflected back in the foot clan thing where where sam rockwell hey we're a family you know i think that's what they're what they're aiming for is that sense of like oh they all have to like come together and work together and and, as and appreciate each other as a family and that's it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily play the right way but i I think that's what they're what they're the reason you know i think you're i think you're right that's what they were going for and and they're there to you know protect splinter because they love splinter as opposed to like shredder who just gives them walkman I guess. I mean, the reason that they got their asses kicked the first time is because Raphael went off by himself and got his shit. He just got absolutely beat up. Yeah. And so there were three of them against 12 instead of four against 20. <laughs> and like, the math doesn't really hold up for me. It just doesn't really work. Um, I would like to note the guy who uh, just busts in with a million axes when they're fighting in her apartment. Like, who's the guy? He oh yeah, bust in. he slowly troubles in carrying them. That <laughs> dude is his caddy. Is great. He's the axe caddy. Also, fun fact: this is the only movie that Sam Rockwell has ever been in when he doesn't dance. That's tr- yeah. I think that's accurate. I'm pretty sure that tracks. He's an Oscar. He does. Yes. <laughs> I just want to put that out there for everybody. Well earned. Yeah, there should be. You should when you watch this movie, there should be a like a little Chiron that comes down on the bottom of the screen. Regular or menthol? Oscar winner. Oscar winner. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. I do. Li- I would like to go back though to the like flashbacky sequences to like the young turtles and to Rat Splinter in Japan and stuff. Because again, I actually again like I think there's something kind of better than I expected to see in the in this kind of movie. The way that those like flashbacks are presented, where it's like all the lights fade out and there's just like the character in black. Like I think that's like kind of a cool practical moment there i mean i have to agree with you i really love that stuff i mean it's ridiculous and i think all the stuff with the little turtles and stuff is all shot in super eight so it like has that sort of it has that sort of weird old timey like older looking effect yeah it it sort of looked like old sort of looked like an old kung fu movie almost. Yeah. well golden harvest the company that ended up producing this did all of the, a bunch of the old bruce lee stuff okay so oh perfect i loved that like it was so cartoony that i was kind of into it yeah so apparently, uh, the guy in the Donatello suit, I think it was the Donatello suit, uh, became a uh, stand-up comedian after these movies, and he kept the Donatello head oh, no. oh my God. and uses it in his stand-up routine. Stop it. <laughs> You're kidding. 
I would pay so much money to see that. That's fucking crazy. I bet that set holds up. <laughs> I made a funny. Do you think that that comedian uses the head like a ventriloquist dummy, where he just holds the head and turns on the animatronic shit and it just talks back? I sure hope so. <laughs> That's what I would do. Why? What else do you keep the head for? I don't know. I mean, do you wear it? It's just like with clothing. Why not? Why did you put this in my life? This is in my head now. One of the things I thought was real. I found really funny was uh, there, were, there was a lot of talk with the actors about like the suits and like how the suits worked um, and there's like oh yeah because they're in these rubber suits and they get like sealed in and they literally like glue the head to the body so like once they start shooting you can't really get out of them Josh Pace the guy who played Raphael was like oh yeah we'd all get these like weird claustrophobic bouts and you'd be like get these fucking heads off of me it's like too much blah 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 and every other actor is like yeah it was uncomfortable that Raphael guy he had real claustrophobia though <laughs> yeah speaking of jokes that didn't hold up well the claustrophobia homosexuality one yes I never even looked at another guy Jesus, I took note of that. What the hell was that? Yeah, no. That 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 one was that one was bad. That one not bad like, oh man, like oh man, that doesn't hold up today. That's just a bad joke. Like even for yeah. even for 1990, that's just a bad joke. That but it's it's so it's so weird. Like it's so weirdly phrased because it's you're claustrophobic. I've never even looked at another guy. Like if you're homophobic, yeah, like, then you're not no. being accused of being gay. You're being like it's so it's such an oddly phrased joke. Maybe it was ad libbed. Oh God, God, I hope not. What do you think the the on the cutting room floor versions of that joke are? Yeah, that was take eight. <laughs> that was the best one, guys. That was the best one. <laughs> There's also the very awkward implication that the turtles want to fuck April O'Neil, which is. Yeah. Pretty uncomfortable, yeah. To be honest, wasn't that sort of? I have, I want to say that that was kind of something that was a part of the cartoon. Not obviously, like I want to fuck April O'Neil, but like, oh, like she's beautiful. I, I almost feel like that's kind of always been there. Maybe, maybe not. I feel like so. I think you're right. I feel like there was that, and there was definitely. Do you remember Irma? Yeah. Irma was, like, April's nerdy friend Velma, Yeah, basically. She had, like, the glasses, and she was a little mousy, and a little, yeah. And I feel like she really wanted to fuck the turtles. (laughs) And all of it was weird, even as a child. And I was like, what, what, how? At least it's not Howard the Duck. At least it didn't get there. I mean, you gotta give the guy credit. (laughs) Who, Howard? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Howard. (laughs) Nothing stopping that guy. Um, I will say I also watched a little bit last night of the the Michael Bay produced m- movie, the one with oh. the, uh, Megan Fox. The other Did you? Last night. It's yeah. Ugh. The ninety one is like they're sort of like oh they're they're sort of like infatuated with her. They're sort of like oh like they like they feel romantic towards her in a way. The the, the Michael Bay one is like they just want to fuck her, and like <laughs> literally the first time she comes on screen, Michelangelo says, "I just felt my shell tighten," and oh that's my God. real gross. <laughs> well, that's because Michael Bay has problems. Wow. <laughs> Wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I won't watch it. And it's like a running, super explicit thing. It's not good. Boy. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up uh, with some final thoughts. Let's ask our, our titular question. Does it hold up? Uh, I'll say, for me, I think it does. I mean, there's, there's a lot that doesn't work, but I think the things that do work, like, really make you, keep it very watchable for me. Um, and, like, this is a movie I will, like, I would happily revisit. I'm going to say the people that watched it and liked it way back when, it holds up for us. Is it something that movie viewers yeah. today could watch fresh for the first time and say, wow, that was a good movie? No, I don't think so. Maybe kids that enjoy the Ninja Turtles now that are familiar with the new series would go back and watch it and get a kick out of it because it's live action, you know? Does Lily have any association with Ninja Turtles? Yeah, she, I like, think she's she... seen a couple of, like, backpacks or t-shirts with some of the newer uh, versions of the Turtles on them. Yeah, I was gonna say, I assume that there's, like, merch. She knows it by merch, right? Yeah. They didn't have frozen cheese sticks a couple weeks ago, so I bought a Ninja Turtles cheese sticks 
I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Can you, wait, can you yeah. can can you explain that to me? Yeah, there's there's they sell cheese sticks with uh, <laughs> with characters uh, on the wrappers, literally like 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 Disney sells packaged cheese sticks, mozzarella cheese sticks, um, that are just they're just cheese sticks, but the outside packaging is 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 frozen, and then you open the packaging, and the little individual packages are different frozen characters on each one. But it's just a cheese stick. Yeah, and, and some days I'll bring a cheese stick to my daughter and she'll go, no, 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 I want Olaf. Oh, do you? Okay. But it's, it's literally just the packaging, it's, though? It's the same guy. It's not like a different shape. Or... No, 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 no. What a fucking cash grab. That is genius. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, they this have like... a horrifying glimpse into my future. Huh? Oh, oh, you are in for some treats. And cheese. Watching this movie, and geez, this is the first time I watch this movie... In a long time, she would not like this. She'd probably be scared, to be quite honest. Like I was, <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. Like I was six when I saw this movie, and I don't remember ever being scared. But it's like you know, like we said, yeah. it's it's dark. Bartholomew, nah, <laughs> nah, just not. Nah. It's okay. So I mean, like, okay, the the bits of nostalgia that I have about the movie, which are mainly Sam Rockwell, for being honest, any of that random nostalgic mm. crap, that holds up just fine because it's in your brain. It's not really part of anything. The movie is not good. It like it does not hold up. Like I don't want to watch it again. I'm not feeling like it's not like going back to watch any of the Back to the Futures, never mind which one is best. I'll happily watch any of them. So anyway, does it hold up for me? No, not really. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we did it, but eh, I, don't, I don't need to do it again anytime soon. Yeah. So this was like exactly the kind of comfort viewing kind of revisit that I was like absolutely in the mood for right now. I will admit that uh, it's possible that, you know, this movie also looks happy because I watched Secret of the Ooze and bits and pieces of the other ones like this one again like i said it, it, this one comes off like a fucking scorsese movie it feels like goodfellas compared to all the other ones now what i want is a recut of this movie with a different score and with at least Raphael being voiced by joe pesci <laughs> and sam rockwell dancing and yeah now i want that and i feel like that movie would be so much better you were three minutes late asshole what the fuck? Just take that guy, put the pizza down the goddamn grate. I would watch the shit out of that. All right, that just about does it. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for uh, jumping on with us. Uh, we'll get you back again real soon. Guys, thank you so much. I, I would love to uh, to come back. Thanks for uh, thanks for starting this back up. Yeah, last time we had you on, it was for some Wes Anderson. I'm thinking maybe uh, a Bottle Rocket rewatch is in order. Ooh, yes. Great idea. So next week... Mars Attacks? It's a good choice. That's a movie we haven't revisited in, in, in a minute, and I feel like uh, is really ripe for reevaluation. So, uh, yeah, get your, queue up your, uh, your, your streaming platform of some kind and get ready for Mars Attacks next week. I think we have to call it Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. It's like Marzipan, but Mars Attacks. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. In the meantime, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay the fuck at home. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Tomorrow.